all around the world, children's ministry leaders like you are preparing to help boys and girls respond to God's word at church this week. Some in Uganda will gather under the nearest tree to teach about Jonah's journey to Nineveh. Some in Lebanon will have church in their own homes and teach about what it means to forgive. God is using them to transform the lives of children, just like he's using you. You can help EGM bring resources like the Better Children's Ministry podcast to Kidman leaders in 14 countries by supporting EGM today. Go to patreon.com slash betterchildrensministry to give now. It's not that you need to do these certain things to be a Christian or to you know have salvation, but... God is telling this story for a purpose and a reason in their actual life. And so he's wanting to see life transformation coming from this. Welcome to Better Children's Ministry, a weekly podcast from Every Generation Ministries for anyone who wants to see children in their church transformed by the love of Jesus. Well, welcome again to another episode of Better Children's Ministry, a podcast of Every Generation Ministries. And uh, again, I'm David Jesse, the Ministry Advancement Officer here at EGM. And once again, we're joined by our Mobilization Coordinator, Tara Thomas. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So we're going to have a fun question for you. Are you ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's hesitant. All right. <laughs> if you could have any animal in the world as a pet, what would you choose? Okay. You know, I think going off last time you asked me a question, I'm going to stay with the same thing and say a penguin. Okay. I was uh, thinking about Mr. Popper's Penguin and the, have you seen that movie? I haven't. And he turns his whole living room into like a penguin <laughs> paradise. That's awesome. So I think they could be a good pet. There you go. If I had some snow. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never even, I, I don't know what I would do. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty basic guy, so I like dogs, but I don't know if I'd want like maybe a monkey. For some reason, I think a monkey would be fun. You know, so anyway, my wife might not like the monkey. <laughs> Um, all right, so last week, uh, Daniel and I uh, spent some time discussing the importance of just having fun in children's ministry, and it was an awesome conversation about how we can just worship God together by experiencing joy and making church a place where kids um, want want to be there and want to come. So um, today, we're going to talk about an element of children's ministry that has a lot of significance when you think about how to disciple children and create a fun environment. Uh, for them. And that is the Bible teaching resources or the curriculum that your church uses um, with it. So tell us, Tara, what elements of a kid's Bible curriculum do you find from your experience are the most important? Well, um, obviously the truth element is going to be really important. Um, You know, curriculum is really helpful for um, a children's leader. We don't want to ever just open up the Bible and start reading from Genesis and the kids are going to, you know, not be engaged and bouncing off the walls. And it's just not where they're at as children. Um, and so I think a big element of a curriculum that you need to ask yourself is, does it focus on life transformation? Does it spoke, focus on spiritual formation of a child? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a big picture question, not like, Does it have great games or does it have, you know, the appropriate activities? But I think overarching question on um, is this curriculum focused on life transformation? That's good. So um, 
what are some of the challenges then that you encounter with curriculum as trying to meet the needs of specific kids in your uh, in the classes and in kids ministry and and really keeping a focus on life transformation? Well, I think a big challenge is that curriculums are generally written for um, like in our case the North American Church at large, so. Our kids are also different. You know, I think about the kids in in my church are so different than the kids in some of the people that I'm reading online. Like if I'm in a children's ministry Facebook group and I'm reading their questions and I think, wow, we do not have any of those challenges in our Mm -hmm. church. And so I think about how a curriculum is written has got to be implemented so different in each church. And then even within your church, obviously, you have all the different um, age graded areas. You know, you've got your preschoolers. Uh, if you have a big enough church, you can break your kids up by um, age groups, grades, you know, maybe you have kinder and first, second and third, fourth and fifth. But if it's a smaller church, you have an, an added um, challenge of having how do you do a curriculum when you have kindergartners through fifth graders in the same room. So the challenge is seeing how best to apply it to your exact needs. Yeah. I think it's, you know, everybody can kind of understand the the challenge with the age ranges when you have to do that. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the other challenges you were talking about? You know, challenge, your church has got sort of uh, one type of, of uh, children's ministry setting and then other churches in other parts of, of the country or the world might have different settings. Give me some examples of what that would look like. What are those differences? Well, for example, um, you might have... One church where a lot of the kids uh, come from a chaotic background. Maybe there's a lot of divorce. Um, They just have had a harder life uh, growing up. By a young age, they've already gone through a lot of life experiences that are really challenging for them. And then um, in another church, such as my own, you might have... um, living in a bubble mm. is like its own kind of challenges, right? So especially in children's ministry, not a lot of the parents are separated. There's not a lot of chaos going on in children's lives. Um, they're kind of separated from what a lot of people are going through in, in the world out there. And so... So customizing the curriculum based on those different kinds of life experiences is a big issue. You know, it's just as simple as the the life of a child in you know, rural, a rural southern city mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or town versus the life of a child in on the south side of Chicago or the life of a child out here in California. You know, their life is different. Their experiences are different. And yet we tend to see curriculum, you know, when, especially like you said, in the, sort of the North American context in the church where we buy a, like one size fits all type curriculum. And, and, and it's important for us not to just leave it there, but to to help focus it in. How do you use the, uh, like you were talking about a lesson aim mm-hmm. and kind of keeping that transformational element uh, through that. Um, you know, give me some tips on, on how to best pr- prepare your curriculum for an upcoming lesson so that that happens. Yeah, well, I think the best preparation you can do is um, to pray, obviously. Um, just, you know, asking God, what do you want for these children? And so um, asking yourself, like, am I open to God's leading for this Bible passage? You Mm -hmm. might have a Bible passage on Jonah, and um, it has a lesson aim, you know, attached to it. It's one main point. And you may feel like 
that's not the lesson God wants them to learn. There's a lot of lessons we can learn from the Jonah story. That's not the particular one that God wants these kids to learn. And I think you should feel free to change the lesson aim. The important thing is to make sure that it is consistent throughout. You, you have to change it for all of the activities. Um, don't just change it for one because then it becomes even more confusing. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing that's really important in preparing is you know, studying the scripture from your Bible first. So instead of just reading through your curriculum lesson, um, I'd like to encourage you to read it, the passage from your own Bible first and ask God, like, what do you want to teach me personally first from this lesson? And then asking him, what do you want to teach the kids? Uh, and then going through and reading the lesson from the curriculum and seeing their perspective on how, you know, they think it should be taught. Um, and asking yourself when you read it, like, how can I sum up this passage in one sentence? Mm. might be different than your curriculum sums it up. Um, and asking yourself, like, why did the author write the passage? What was their purpose in it? Um, and then considering the questions, you know, like, who am I teaching? Am I teaching the little ones? Am I teaching the older ones? Um, am I teaching a big age range all in one class? Um and what do I want to achieve in this session? Just kind of having your mind on the bigger picture while you're, you know, reading it at first. And then um, when you come up with your lesson aim or you're going to use the one that they have, ask yourself, you know, is it concise? Is it focused on change? Is it focused on life transformation? And is it really specific? So... Um, I think a lesson aim should really have like one action oriented verb. So for example, um, making it personal, you know, first of all, like I or me is really important. Sometimes you can have a lesson aim, um, that is not focused on something a child can do. Mm. Um, I think sometimes we're afraid that it's going to sound too, um, like works oriented, but that comes in the training of your leaders um, and the way that you're presenting it to the kids. It's not that you need to do these certain things to be a Christian or to, you know, have salvation, but God is telling this story for a purpose Mm. and a reason in their actual life. And so he's wanting to see life transformation coming from this. And so when we have it as a personal statement, it's something a God wants for a child, and we can set up the environment for life change. So, yes, we need to trust God that he's going to, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to work in their life to have this change come about in a child's life. But um, just making it concise and then the verb being an action-oriented verb to help lead the children um, to experience life change like an action-oriented verb would be like trust, love, pray. Mm-hmm. Give us some examples of, of some lesson aims that follow sort of that that personalized you know approach and that action-oriented uh, transformational statement or whatever. Yeah, I think um, because God is powerful, I will trust in His plans. Mm-hmm. So it has the I. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the action-oriented verb. In this case, it's trust. Right. Um. For a younger group, it might be, I can talk to God. Hmm. 
something that simple. Yeah, so maybe there's a lesson having to do with prayer, and the lesson aim can be, I can talk to God. How many times do we have four- and five-year-olds where we talk about praying and they don't understand the simple idea that it's just talking to God? Yeah. Maybe as adults we should have a simple lesson aim sometimes <laughs> exactly. to remind us that I can talk to God. It's something else you mentioned, too, as you're preparing these steps. Um, I just want to make sure that I, that I reiterate this because I think it's really important. The idea with preparing a lesson is to first let the lesson change you. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, not just jumping into, I've got to teach this this week. So here, what am I going to have? You know, what, what game am I going to play? What activity or craft are we going to do? And what's the point of the story? And now let me get it all together. It's first starting with letting this, the scriptures going straight to the scriptures first and letting them change you. And when you're changed by it, then the way that you teach it to those children becomes real because it's real in your own life. And it carries through throughout the rest of the lesson um, as you prepare. I think that was an awesome uh, point that you made. Yeah. And I think it's important too, if it's, you know, age appropriate to share that with the children, Mm -hmm. you know, just to let them know that, be you're vulnerable and that you need change and their parents need change. All adults are changing along with them in this whole process of life. And so letting them see that it's, um, it's mutual. You're learning, they're learning all at the same time. That's awesome. Okay. So what does God's word have to say about children's ministry curriculum and the way that we teach the Bible to children? Well, You know, I think about how we teach in stories. Um, When Jesus taught parables, they were focused on one primary truth. Mm -hmm. And most of the Bible is written in this narrative form. Mm -hmm. And so these stories that that we're teaching to the children, you know, they have a purpose. And um, he tells us what the purpose is, actually, in Psalm 78. So I wanted to read verses um, 2 through 7. It says... I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And that's actually a really important verse for us as a ministry because in some translations it says every generation. And that's where the name of this ministry came from, was teaching every generation the truths of God, who he is. That's awesome. So what encouragement do you um, can you give to a leader who wants uh, to use their church's curriculum uh, the most effective way possible? Well, I would go back to saying pray, (laughs) always, Um, and just being open to, uh, you know, what God wants you to learn and your children to learn from it. Um, I really think that you need to go through each element uh, of your morning and ask yourself if if it points back to that one thing that you want to make sure the kids learn during that class. So uh, for us, those elements are... uh, Relationship. Does the relationship activity point back to that one lesson aim? Uh, the experience, the experiential activity, um, does it point back to the lesson aim? Does it point back to the, um, the action-oriented verb in the lesson aim? Uh, of course, the truth. You know, does the Bible lesson 
That should be the easy one. Yeah, it should. But, you know, it's funny because I was um, looking at a curriculum recently that had a really good um, response activity. You know, it was leaning the kids towards the spiritual growth, this transformation. And um, the lesson name didn't really match. Hmm. You know, it the lesson name was true to the story, but it didn't have, um, it just didn't match up with uh, what the response So there was wasn't a consistency. For. Right. Yeah. So... Um, does it do the discussion questions point to that one truth that you want them to learn? And of course, the response activity. Yeah, which is where the, the rubber meets the road. Yeah, so. so I think just an encouragement to kind of when you're done with your lesson, ask yourself through each, each uh, point of your morning, is it pointing back to that one truth? Because we can teach kids, you know, the tendency is we want to teach them everything. We know about the subject, or we want to teach them the whole encapsulated Bible point in one morning. Or, And if we have 52 weeks with a kid, um, we have the chance to teach them 52 biblical principles. And so if we stick to the one point, they're going to remember the one point. And so by the end of the year, they will have learned 52 biblical principles and had 52 chances for spiritual growth in these 52 areas. But if we get too crazy with trying to teach so many points in one lesson, they don't remember anything. You get to the end of the year and they're like, the answer is Jesus, you know? <laughs> we want them to learn these truths. We want them to know that I can talk to God or I can trust God even when I don't know what's going to happen or when I sin, I can ask God to forgive me. That's awesome. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. And thank you uh, for listening to this episode of Better Children's Ministry. We uh, truly appreciate it. Um, we'd love to hear back from you. So um, please uh, subscribe and comment and share this um, on social media or whatever way you want. Give us a rating and review on the podcast service that you use. Always feel free to email us uh, with any thoughts or comments or questions. We'd love to hear from you. It's info at egmworld.org. And we uh, would love to hear from you and respond to that. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Better Children's Ministry. To learn more about EGM, go to egmworld.org.